Thermtest innovates and develops laboratory equipment, which measures thermal properties or the manner in which a material transfers heat. They supply various measurement systems for solids, liquids, pastes, and powders to North American and international markets. Dale Hume, president and founder, describes his research laboratory as being unique in Canada, not the world, in terms of diversity of measurement equipment. Both Dale Hume and Leslie Hillier, the chief global strategy officer, join me to chat about what's next for Thermtest. Well, thank you for joining me, Dale and Leslie. Why don't you guys walk me through how Thermtest originated? Yeah, I can answer that. Thanks, Andrew. Um, Well, we would have started in 2005 uh, above my garage in about five or 600 square feet. There was, um, I was coming out of a company that was doing similar work and uh, traveling quite a bit. And with the birth of my, uh, my firstborn son, thought that uh, I'd like to be around for that and saw some opportunities within uh, the work that was in this industry that we could, that I could do um, and started a company to, to facilitate the services side of it originally. Um, and then as the, as the realization of that effort um, was bearing fruit, uh, started you know, um, the development and sale of products. And we did some of that early on through distribution. And then as our, as our ability to invest and uh, our profits in the company, we moved to making our own products. And of course, that's, there's a lot of details mixed in there, of course, but that's really the origin of it was um, really a shift in life uh, and, and uh, having time available for the family. Um, and that's, that's where it started. And we've, we've come a long way since then in being able to grow the company, invest our profits, diversify in the people we have from Fredericton and that we've brought internationally to work for our company. And the products diversification from that effort has really allowed us to grow the company uh, and the expansion of our company through export. What's the origin story? So Leslie, where did you come into play with this? I arrived about three years ago. Um, actually, it was three years ago in November. So, yeah. So, there was a bit of a um, Dale seemed on a growth stage, and I was doing um, an investment for them. I worked for BDC at the time. And I saw this company and thought, wow, they're really doing something, and their technology is just amazing. And how come nobody knows about them? And it was something that I thought, you know, there was some opportunity to get involved. Um, I started more in the operations side and looking at sort of where we're going with uh, internally. And then, you know, Dale and I both realized that my network and my focus is really external. So I do mainly all the um, stakeholder relations, anything that's external, finance, accounting, government. So that's where I come into play. And then really focus in the last two years on sort of what we're doing in our global, global growth and in our international standpoint. And we had started... Um, Thermtest Europe a number of years ago, about two years ago, two, maybe even three years ago, actually. I think it was just when I started. And um, that's really taken off and we followed that model and built a model from it. And so that's, um, I guess, what we're mainly gonna talk about today is sort of where we're going internationally and that's where I come in, so. So before we jump into that, walk me through some of the products that your customers are looking for from you guys. 
that we we have a broad range. We we focus primarily on methods that are designed for a specific mm -hmm. application. We've broke those down into almost two series of uh, cost and complication or sophistication. One being portable, and we have um, a number of meters and systems that are used for soils and liquids and polymers, as well as a more sophisticated systems that are laboratory based that if you want to think about it, they need a computer connected to them to enable them to work, where the portable stuff are autonomous and the size of a, a, a larger calculator, if you will. Um, the laboratory equipment is aimed at a much more broad base of uh, construction, uh, engineering, composites, thermal management materials, across academic and commercial and national laboratories. So quite, quite broad. And we've done that on purpose. Uh, coming from a company, especially early on, where you're, um, when you're dealing with just capital cost equipment, like laboratory instruments, you, you can have a cycle to your sales by diversifying and sort of having, a, uh, using the technology that we've developed in our laboratory stuff and stripping it away and making, you know, a portable series helps flatten that, make that more predictable. And that's what we've done with our products. And they're all, they're all focused on the thermophysical measurements of materials, just in, in any state, whether it's a liquid or a solid or powder paste. So it's really broad. Um, and we've, we've done that on purpose. We have uh, the team of both physics and, and electronics and mechanical to allow us to approach um, each of those types of, of uh, industry and build something that helps us capture that business. That's been a key part of our, our, our business strategy. So can you walk me through some of the stuff your customers would have uh, experienced? Sure. Uh, the simplest would be the measurement of soil. When you bury something in the ground that generates heat, such as a power line, let's say you're putting up a solar, uh, solar panel field or a power station, you bury a electrical line in the ground, you need to know the thermophysical properties or the thermal conductivity of the soil in the ground surrounding that uh, electrical line. And these are beefy lines, they generate a lot of heat. If those, if the soil is not optimized, you can have overheating within that insulation of that, of that line, of course, which would have damaging costs, which would need to be replaced. So often in those cases, that's a requirement of the engineering component of the design of the building and the infrastructure uh, of how it's powered. That's, a, I wouldn't, that's not a simple application, but it, what I refer to is the device to do it is not overly complex, um, is a very important application, not to, not to, not to say otherwise. Um, and on the other spectrum, would be very sophisticated equipment for measuring uh, materials that are used in um, electronics, uh, um, uh, polymers and composites that are involved in thermal management of more complex uh, applications such as automobiles, electric automobiles, um, and other industries as well as liquids involved in heat transfer fluids that would be you know sticking with cars uh you know radiator fluids all heat transfer fluids are using applications um, that involve cooling or or retaining heat um, so the, often these materials are designed and measured in applications that the user wants to remove the heat for cooling um, and to optimize uh, running at a certain temperature let's say 
or retaining heat, so insulation. And we, we, in the construction industry, that's the main thrust is how do we create a more insulative material? And we have products that are specifically designed for that, that are designed and built here in Fredericton. And then on the other side of it, where um, engineers or companies are looking to uh, increase the thermal conductivity of the material, it's to remove heat. And we, we make equipment that does that as well, that measures that, that uh, heat transfer as well. So it's quite broad. Yeah, you had mentioned it's not a, a simple application, but I would argue a pretty critical application, especially with the first example yeah. you were giving. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the measurement of what we measure is, is, of course, an integral part of a material's purpose. Um, not to understate that, it is absolutely an integral part in the, the performance of our equipment uh, and the fact that we've developed sort of very primary purpose equipment that 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 really focuses on are we using a method and is the customer using a method that does the job the best? That's really key uh, for us. And we've got years and years of doing that. Uh, and then all the benefits that come with that, which is knowledge of those methods uh, that we can scale and build on top of. And uh, that's what we focused on. Yes, of course, it's very integral. Now you uh, you call the production region home, but you're predominantly exporting around the world. Talk to me about that. We started from from where we are, uh, North America. Of course, the largest market in the world is the U.S. That was a um, low hanging fruit, if you will, in terms of development in the market next door. Um, grew into Europe as we. Uh, as we rolled out our expansion through our hub region. Of course, we did the early days of trying to manage distribution from Canada, and that has complexities in it. Time zones, mm -hmm. language, culture, they're massive. They're really, really massive. And we looked at uh, what larger companies do. Of course, we may not have the deep pockets of you know, uh, those really big companies, but we have a good strategy and are lean and, and sort of have good people that can execute a complex plan. Uh, and accomplish similar goals. And that's what we've done with our hub strategy, which is to put um, uh, a, a venture, a company in a, a specific region that manages distribution of that region. So it gives us uh, in, in that location, somebody that works with us for us as partners and then acts on our behalf to manage distribution from a, a closer region. And of course, that company is a, a self-sufficient entity that grows. and. The, the more we grow that entity, the be more beneficial it is for the companies we have partners in and the companies we have yet to have partners in. Um, strength is strength. And that's been our strategy. And our latest one, um, I'll let Leslie talk about, is, is really Asia. Mm -hmm. and, and also to complement um, what Dale was just saying, with our strategy, we also do testing services. So it's a big part of our whole overall sales strategy is our testing services. So allowing us to go in and be regional allows those testing, those materials to be sent to a regional lab versus sending everything into Canada. And that's a big difference for a customer. And that really broke, you know, you know, broke through for us that this is a really great idea to have these, have the hubs in these regions. So, and we've also developed them very differently from what we have in Europe. It's very regional. So what we have in Europe versus what we have in the US versus what we have in Latin America, which now what we're forming in Asia and how we're going to expand from Asia and what countries will expand to um, through there. But the really neat thing is with our global growth was over, and I'm sure you'll touch on this, um, Andrew, is over the last two years and with the pandemic, we had a plan in place. And like we said, we were developing, we developed ThermTest Europe 
you know, a good year before, a uh, year and a half before the COVID crisis hit. And then we had a plan in place. We worked on the plan all that year and said, okay, this is going to work. Let's do this. So we're ready to launch, ready to fly. And COVID hit and we're like, okay, do we either just put our global plans on hold and just focus internally, which we did a lot of internal work and that was really great for us, but we're actually able to, during the last year and a half, we were to establish two hubs, one in the US and Virginia, and now the one in Asia. And being able to work virtually with the um, trade commissioners on site, the regional development agencies on site in these areas, like in Taiwan and in Virginia, has been a really good help for me and, and also for Dale and being able to then connect with lawyers in the area and accountants in the, in the area and get everyone to help us and say, okay, this is how you do this here. And we didn't have to be there. We wanted to be, but we were in Taiwan just before um, the December before COVID hit. We were in Taiwan and we were in Shanghai and we we're like, oh, <laughs> and so that was our, and then we went to Sweden just after that. So we did circle the world just before it all shut down. But um, since then, we've been able to accomplish a lot. It's been at a bit of a slower pace, but it's it's been really great for us on that. So now to what you were just saying, Leslie, had COVID impacted that plan that you had designed prior to. So you were traveling around, you're implementing it, but did COVID have a significant impact on all of that? I would say it did. It did have a significant impact in the timing and being able to really launch and be able to be there. And when we're there, we do, we are able to speed things up. We can be um, just a little bit, we can be more agile. We had to work within those restrictions of COVID and the unknown and also the financial unknowns of things that were going to happen. It's, you know, how long is this going to last? What are we going to do? How long are measures going to be in place for us to be able to, you know, to support this or support that? And the budgeting was a really big, you know, just, taking that into consideration the whole time and, and what's going on and then being able to see your financials be, you know, up and down and up and down and a little bit of turbulence that you're not used to. So the COVID did have an, have an impact. It didn't make us afraid to move ahead though. And I think that was the important thing. We still trudged forward and said, okay, this is our plan and we're going to work with these partners and work with them virtually. You mentioned you had traveled to Taiwan, which correct me if I'm wrong, you have a new location in Taiwan. Yeah, um, this is um, this is something we've been working on for a few years, going back uh, to person-person meetings when we could, um, and you know, going through all the conversations. It's a joint venture in Taiwan that is our latest hub, and that the strategy of that is the same as Thermtest Europe, which is to bring our company and how we do what we do, you know, closer regionally. Um, that that's an investment from us, um, both in terms of personnel and infrastructure. Uh, which will really maximize the potential of our large portfolio products. And it makes a lot of sense the way we did it, that we went from, you know, less complex to more complex uh, from, you know, North America to the, to, to Asia. Um, our product portfolio makes um, this move uh, very reasonable. Uh, and the way we've grown from, from back uh, in 2005 till now really let us have flexibility in uh, the COVID situation, it let us continue our plans and allow us to put ourselves in the best situation to sort of take off, if you will, after COVID's gone. I don't know if that'll be a line in the sand per se. I think it'll be more of a, we accept this is the new normal, uh, but um, we're, we're putting ourselves in the position to, you know, continue on. Uh, and, and that really, it's it slowed it down, definitely, because there's just some things you can't do anymore. Um, but it had benefits too. 
the benefits here fully to be realized, but uh, it had benefits. Interesting. Maybe we'll have another blog on specifically, you know, what what were the, the ups and downs of COVID and how it affect your business. But um, there's there's some interesting insight into yourself you get when you're when you're home. I haven't been home for a, you know over a year in one place for uh, 20 years, and I, I've now been I haven't flown, which is you know insane in in my life. I haven't flown for over a year. And um, that has interesting um, uh, advantages, you know, it lets you really look at. And with this, this past year has been a, a critical stage of our company. So it's had some positives. Mm-hmm. It allows you to get off that, that, you know, whatever speed that you're on for good, yeah. for bad, and just be able to take slow down. And whenever you slow down, like anything in life, you, t- you know, it's a chance to reflect, a chance to grow and a, a chance to learn some different things and figure out sort of, you know, reflect on where we're going and where we want to be and what's the best best method to get there um so it's been it's been really interesting and the one thing that i think if we go back to the fact that we are from fredericton and who we are as people and the culture it's been a real bonus for us and a real benefit for us and the fact that a lot of the countries that we deal with and a lot of the people you know if you look at asia and you look at south america and and just different regions that we work in relationship management is really important and developing that relationship with partners and being patient with partners. And so it's really important to us more so than I think anything else is making sure that when we do something, when we put a hub in place or we sign a distributor agreement, that we have that solid relationship with them, that they have faith and trust in us and we do in them. And building that does take time. And like the one in Asia, like Dale was saying, we've been working on this for over three years with people that we've known for a long time and with a company that we have the greatest respect and the highest regard for and thought, okay, this is a company that we're willing to do a joint venture. This is another area of the world. We're not just going to jump in to the unknown here and um, coming at that feeling really good and letting and seeing that now as we've, you know, been incorporated for, you know, since early fall and just seeing that take off and where it's going and how it's, you know, coming into, you know, our plans of what, what we thought it would be. So with everything you're saying, the expanding and traveling around the, the globe with all of this stuff and then throw on a pandemic, of course, um, talk to me a bit about the culture that exists in your organization and how you established it. Because I can imagine every there would be new challenges every single day for your team and they would have to uh, jump up and address these challenges as soon as possible. So talk to me about that culture that exists within your organization. I would say... We have the benefit of this very moment of, of I can comment on the culture due to a major change in uh, the building you're in and the effect it has. But kind of going back, let's say a year, if you would ask the same question, I would say um, we were, uh, there was a lot of people in a small amount of space. And we really, it gave us, uh, by the nature of us being in that limited space, um, we worked on communication and making sure that the people we bring in have um, a similar mind of uh, wanting to do the work, interested in the work, and passionate about the work, similar nature of treating each other fairly, um, and build on that. The, we've, we've benefited from having uh, those exact people with a high level of skill. And we've been fortunate to find those people or bring them in from other countries. And that, that has really given us a, a wonderful team that likes each other. Um, we spend a lot of time together, of course, and we genuinely like each other and uh, we, we treat each other with respect. 
And then if you do those things and add in the uh, the mixture of going from uh, 6,000 square feet to 15,000 square feet, which is purpose built for us, you know, it's, we're not just uh, getting a secondhand thing that we've thrown paint on. We've completely renovated uh, a wonderful building that was, just, you know, meant for us. And we, we, we looked for a long time and we found our home and we've got uh, a wonderful space here with all the things that a company like us should have both private space and space to work and sort of separated out that, that we can, we can, we can grow here. And I think nobody ever complained about the space where we were, that we're in, they, they would say, why are you, are you, you're not here for the building. You're here for the people in the work. And now we, 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 we will say the same thing, of course, but have that sort of benefit of uh, having a nice place to go and, and be proud. I mean, when uh, that, that means something, of course. And of course the new people coming in won't necessarily have that past experience, but we have a, a culture of that coming with us. And uh, it's just like any um, sports team that if you have a, a good surrounding of people that have sort of have a culture because of what they've come up through, the new people coming in will have that same experience. It just won't be as direct. Um, so we, we have fun. We have a lot of sort of um, people that are three, four years, five years into their career. And then we have some management of older years. Um, uh, we, we offer opportunities for leadership uh, and we want that because we know as we grow, we're going to need more and more of that. Uh, so we have some nice uh, offering of all the things that um, I hope people that are passionate and interested in the work can see ahead and, and benefit from. And I think we offer that uh, amongst the mixture of uh, lots of fun things. We try to get out of the office as much as the current situation allows. We certainly have a space now that allows us to do more of that. So, yeah, hopefully it's a good place to work and the culture is good and, and, you know, treat each other fairly. That's a good place to start. So Dale and Leslie, talk to me, what is the most important thing you're working on right now and how are you making it happen? Yeah, I, I would say the most important thing. Uh, well, wow, that's actually, that's not so easy to answer specifically because there's so many things. But there's three I, major. <laughs> I, I would say the major thing we're working on, which will, which will uh, impact us the most dramatically, if I define it that way, is, is our export plan, our, our, uh, the hubs strategy. It's a, it's a principle that we've developed and, um, believe in and the rewards are and the proof is in the effort uh that's really important to us supporting those and growing that and being part of a team in that uh i would say the others would be more home-based you know uh the infrastructure that we put in place with this new building and and the the using this along with our company and how we do things to attract new talent uh, or bring in talent from other parts of the world, which is obviously important. Um, I think it's that. I, I don't know, Leslie, did you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I think it's, you know, it really is. It really is that is working on building our, or the three things, building our human resources and our talent is always one thing that's always on the top of mind and making sure that we have the right talent in place because everyone who works here and just sort of back to the culture question, everyone who works here, it's very purpose-driven, your role. So you know what, you know, you know your contribution to the overall company's success and you, you realize that and that's, you know, and when we don't have someone in that role, we, we have a gap, that's something that we're always, always working towards. And so, um, 
Yeah, those are the main things. It's just our human resources and our infrastructure and just our global expansion. And then just regards to, we are constantly innovating. We are probably one of the most innovative companies who are always, always with, you know, looking at what are the industry standards? Are they, are they what we want? You know, are they good enough? Should we exceed them? What, what should we do? So innovation is very important to all of our products and making those so that they, they go back to that, that question on the customers. It's meeting the customer's needs. So being a global company also means regionalizing not only your services and your delivery, but also your products. So making sure that the products that we put into these markets suit these markets, suit them not only in price, but suit them in their durability, their functionality, and, you know, what they're going to achieve. And, and so, you know, will they, will they withstand the heat of, you know, of South Africa versus, you know, the cold of Alaska. And so it's very important to us to being really agile in our innovation, agile in our um, delivery and our locations is, is very important for us. So that's, I guess, one of the things that we're always working on. So you talk, you spoke a lot there uh, about, constantly innovating and staying on top of all this stuff. So let me ask the both, both of you, uh, what do you do to stay motivated? I would say the, the interesting building something um, where you're not just building for the sake of building it, but building something, whether it's the company, the, the culture, the equipment we do, the expertise, the foundation of people, all of that is a wonderful experience. And the more gray I get in the beard, I should say, uh, the more I enjoy seeing, uh, genuinely seeing other people succeed. Um, because each one of those sort of successes, whether it's something small or something big, because we have all, you know, all sorts of different types of uh, part, you know, team members here. Uh, it's really wonderful to see that. And then to see all that work in, in, a, in a direction that the company succeeds is really cool. I would say that motivates me uh, to meet whatever needs come, you know, the way of leadership and, and then to sort of pass what, the, what I know, and, and, and that, that is still yet to be lots to fill that, pass it on to sort of the, the leadership we're trying to bring from internal up. Uh, the, the kind of the key people that have come forward or not uh, uh, have shared an interest in that or have been identified with that ability, share that and make, so we have this sort of team that is, um, you know, learning uh, as, as, as I from them. I would say that's what motivates me uh, definitely. Le Le Leslie, what motivates you? What motivates me? <laughs> so a lot. What motivates me is learning something new. If there's something, it's a challenge. So if there's something that I'm like, oh, I really want to know that. How can I learn that? What can I do with that? What can, you know, and learning from other people like the, just all the opportunities that come your way and the growth and the, like, just, oh, now I'm on this, you know, this board of directors program with all these people across the country. I'm like, cool, that was an opportunity I didn't see coming. And this is really neat. And what am I learning from this? And can this connect therm test to somebody? And what can we do with this? And, and those are the motivators for me. Um, it's also really thinking about, you know, reflecting back whenever we reflect, reflect back on sort of what we're doing now and what we've put in place and what we've talked about. And I'm like, Dale, do you remember two years ago or three years ago when we were talking about, we're trying to name these things, these hub things and how we're going to do it and what we're going to do. And we're trying to talk to people and, you know, our advisors and, and, and explaining our, our plan and how this was going to roll out. And, and now that we look at our org chart, not our org chart, our corporate structure, and we're like, Oh, 
look at that, they are there and we did do this. And, and so that's the motivation is to really be able to visualize and to plan and strategize what we're gonna do. And then, and it's always important to reflect back and really pat yourself on the back and say, we did it. Or, oh, look at, that was a really funny idea. <laughs> you know, what were we thinking? And then, you know, we, we corrected it or we changed it or we didn't see COVID coming, did we? But look at, we were still able, still able to achieve this. And that's, that's my motivator is really just like, those achievements of um, seeing seeing that come come about and seeing Thermtest succeed, so we've really come a long way. Mm-hmm. Now, sticking with both of you, what are you both reading at the moment? I'm reading uh, probably 125 email. Uh, after <laughs> after I'm done that, <laughs> after after I'm done that, uh, it'll probably be related to something very specifically that. Uh, Kind of come back to Leslie's comment that she shared uh, upon uh, the wisdom she brings um, that I can learn from. So I, I, I learn directly and indirectly from her interest in learning. And it's really inspired to see that because it's very easy to get caught up in just sort of working, getting from point A to point B. Uh, learning along the way supplements that and probably makes, you know, B to C a little bit easier, a little bit more enjoyable or a little bit smarter. So I would say it's related to, um, you know, IP strategy, uh, work around uh, efficiency work, definitely. Maybe not as exciting as you were expecting. It is for me. <laughs> hey, that's, you know, it's the, I'm just- it, does, it doesn't matter whether or not it's exciting. It could be a, a useful, right? Leslie, what about you? What yeah. are you reading right now? Um, well, I have two physical books and I have one um, one Audible. I listen to Audible all the time. And Dale was at, just asking me yesterday, what are you reading? And I was like, oh, I want to read this one. I've already read it. But um, none of them are fiction. Um, <laughs> but the one Dale, I said, Dale, send me a fiction book on Audible. So we did that. So that was... Um, the Witch of Portobello by Paulo Cahello, which is one of my favorite authors. Um, he wrote The Alchemist. Um, so I love reading all of his. I'll read them over and over again. They're great lessons. I'm also reading um, Dreyer's English. Um, I know that sounds really boring, but it's an utter, what do they call it? Utterly correct guide to clarity and style. And it's very satire humor, English humor, based on the way we brutalize the English language. So you always, <laughs> and the audible is really, really funny. Um, the book's kind of dry, but it's just as a reference, but the audible is funny. And I'm also reading, um, I guess it's called, I always call it, it's just, it's pretty basic. The Intellectual Property Strategy Guide, um, <laughs> which is another boring one. And then the other one that I just started on Audible was called Values by Mark Carney. And it's based on sort of, you know, what are we doing? What are our values and how are they destroying the, the earth? And what do we need to do to correct that? So those, those are kind of my four, I guess my four main reads right now. So none of them really, you know, super fun but i find them fun so <laughs> better than a textbook <laughs> your your reading life is as busy as your professional life yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah so it, it is it is great though but, that's good uh, yeah so uh, leslie dale uh, is there a question that i didn't ask that you would have liked to have asked yourself here i remember back to the last thing uh, ignite uh, interview, which was a profile interview. It was uh, it was a question of uh, any advice you'd pass on to somebody doing business in Fredericton or just starting a business in general. And I think I commented that uh, find good people, surround yourself with good people that compliment you and challenge you. And I, I think that's still true. Um, everybody grows differently. We've grown 
in a different way than maybe another company and that that's all great but um you have yourself of course those those late nights where you're looking for the answers that are not obvious to you but as you grow if you can find some wonderful people to surround yourself uh that will take you to you know those other levels that uh and then you learn along the way. So surrounding yourself with key people is pillars sort of to success. Definitely. I think that stays true. Surrounding yourself specifically by people who challenge you. Um, I've said this before, and this is in no way my quote, it's often used, but is you never want to be the smartest in a room. You want to surround yourself by people yeah. smarter than you. And I, and I think this is another example of me being in a room with people who are pushing their, their, pushing their industry, pushing their, uh, organization, both professionally and everything you're reading. Um, so it's it's quite a, a privilege to be able to speak with you and, and see everything you and ThermTest have been doing the past few years. I wanted to thank both of you for joining me today to have this conversation. And I really look forward to connecting again on, on it could be a year from now, it could be months from now, what you guys have been able to accomplish in that short span. So Leslie and Dale, thank you for joining me today. Appreciate Great. it. Thank, thank, thank you, Andrew, for inviting us. Thanks. Thanks for joining. Locked In with Lockhart was hosted by Andrew Lockhart, produced by Ignite, music by Tom Cray. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you find quality podcasts. And if you have a recommendation for a business, feel free to reach out to me at andrew.lockhart at ignitefetterton.com.